So good to have you with us here today in church. So glad that you've taken the time to come and be with us today. So I know there's a lot of visitors here today. I want to welcome you all this morning and pray that you have a great time with us today. Good to see Matt Downey and Josephine and their new baby. So let's give them a welcome this morning. <clears throat> also, if you're watching on the live stream, so good to have you with us tuned in as well. And I pray that this message today will really speak to you and bring change for the, for the better in your life. So, um, I had on, you, you guys can go, thank you, very well, very well done this morning, I'll call you back later. On Thursday night I came along to music practice and had a word that I felt was a prophetic word for the, for the worship team, but I believe it's also for our church. And on Thursday as I was just um, uh, praying and, and spending some time with the, with the Lord, I saw a picture in my mind of a, a climber climbing a mountain and right near the top of the pinnacle of a mountain. And I felt the significance of that was that the mountain is us. The mountain is our church. And over the last number of years, it's been a hard climb. It's been difficult. There's been lots of, uh, lots of obstacles in the way. But we've remained faithful. We've remained steady. We've kept climbing. And what the Lord wants us to see today is that we're near the top of the mountain. And when you're at the top of the mountain, it's a place where you enjoy the view. So as a church, I want to encourage you that it's time to start enjoying the view, enjoying the presence of God, enjoying being in a church, enjoying being together and uh, seeing into the distance. And when you're at the top of the mountain, you can see things you can't see on the way. And uh, uh, I'm one of these people who I don't, if they say, hey, let's climb to the mountain, I go, no, if I can't drive, I don't want to go. Uh, let's go to the, you know, the, the, the waterfall, but you've got to walk three kilometers. I'm like, no, just take pictures and show me later. I'll stay at the picnic ground. But when it comes to our spiritual walk, we're, we're on a journey and it has been a hard few years. But I want to I acknowledge and thank all our teams, our worship team, kids, church, coffee people, welcomers, uh, the, the sound desk people, and just honour them for their faithfulness of continuing to climb even when it's been difficult. But I, I want to prophesy and speak over the church that we're in a season now where we're, we're going to enjoy the presence of God. We're going to enjoy being together. We're going to enjoy what it is to be the church. So I'm excited about that. But um, the other part of it is the next phase will be what I call momentum. And that is we go over the pinnacle and we start going down like, like skiing. And it's exciting. It's, it's fast paced. It's, it's uh, great fun. And it's not like, oh, but then we're going to hit the valley. No, we're just going to enjoy that momentum as we build up so it's it's not a it's just a metaphor it's a picture but it doesn't mean oh but then we're going to hit the valley I don't I don't want us to get down there but it's just a picture of the journey that we're on right now where God has us so let's get ready for momentum let's get ready for what God wants to do next that's a I believe it's a word from from the Holy Spirit to us so I just want to encourage you with that and uh, I believe individually we're going to be able to see things we couldn't see before. We're going to be able to see into the distance uh, perspective and vision from God for our lives. And we're going to do that also corporately as we're in this season. We're going to be able to uh, uh, project vision into our future. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited as well. Uh, let's give the Lord a hand. We're going to pray as well. Give him a hand then we pray. <clears throat> so... Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray right now uh, about this place that we are uh, just entering into of enjoying your presence, of seeing the, the top of the mountain and seeing what we can see from that vantage point. 
So I just speak over our church the, the, the perspectives that we can see now. I pray that we can enjoy the presence of Jesus. I pray we can enjoy uh, the, the view that we can see and begin to project vision for our future corporately and as individual people today. And we just speak the, uh, the, the, the next phase that comes next, which is building momentum. And I speak and, and uh, speak life into the future of One Heart Church. We will see momentum growing and uh, lives changed, families turned around and communities transformed by the power that is in the name of Jesus. So if you agree with that with me today, say Amen. Or if you're American, say amen. Okay. No Americans here today, sorry. But can I start with a, a, common, a common phrase that you've probably used yourself or you definitely would have heard someone else say that, and it is, I hope so. It's a good phrase. So if you've ever lived, and give me a wave if you have lived. Okay, all the rest of you have died. So if you've ever lived, you'll have experience moments when life didn't deliver what you were hoping for. It's like it didn't happen. So, so um, things like the birthday present that you are hoping for but never got. Who's, had, who's lived that one? <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, I really want it, but it doesn't come. Uh, the anniversary celebration that you were hoping for but he completely forgot. Husbands, don't do what I do. <laughs> the, the grand final hoped for but, but never achieved. The promotion hoped for that went to someone else. The job, the job hoped for that you didn't get. Now these, these are really could, can seem trivial compared to more serious things in life that can really hurt, that can traumatize and disable us emotionally, spiritually, and physically. The, the, more, the more important things, not those trivial ones I just mentioned, but things like a divorce, um, uh, abuse of whatever uh, type, uh, a sickness or an accident, um, exploitation. These are things that are much deeper, that, that do have the capacity to, to really affect us deeply uh, and how we move in life. So those things are... Uh, are really life-changing if, I mean, because they are, they're, they're, they're hard things to, to, to take. But we find ourselves in the place of what we hoped for but never came. So when we use the term, I hope so, it's declaring something you want to believe. You're declaring something, you're speaking something that you're wanting to possess, something that you want to have. Now, Proverbs 13, verse 12, and I know I do preach a lot, and I say, hey, this is my most unfavorite scripture in the Bible, which I have a few of those, but this is my most, one of my most favorite ones, my most favoritest. So, oh, that's not good English, it doesn't matter. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I, I just love this scripture. So, the big idea... So catch this if you're taking notes. The big idea today is being a Christian ought to be that we deal with life's setbacks, life's hopes deferred with a different perspective, with a different understanding. 
And I want us to see some things today that hopefully can really set us free. So when what I hoped for didn't happen, Jesus wants to plant a tree of life. So it's, it's not like, hey, well, I didn't get it, so that's it. I don't believe in God anymore. I didn't get it, so I'm going to throw everything out the window and go recklessly through the rest of my life. It's like I didn't get what I hoped for, but Jesus wants to do something different. He wants to produce a tree of life in me, through me, so we can make the world a better place. So um, I don't want to live in the place of hope deferred. I don't want you to live in a place of hope deferred that leads to a sick heart. But we want to believe to dreams fulfilled. We want to believe for that. So don't stop at hope deferred trauma points in your life because you have a call from God to possess, to do, to fulfill. See, a tree of life of godly things fulfilled. So I'm going to say some things today. But uh, this, is, this is a big one. This is a big hit. Then I'll be nice after this. Are you ready for it? So I like being the mean pastor every now and then. It's good just to cut that. <laughs> Jesus owes no obligation to our fantasy. He, knows, he owes no obligation to your fantasy. I want to I I go to Disneyland. I want to be one of the princesses. He's got no obligation to fulfill your fantasy, Jimmy. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but every obligation, he has every obligation to fulfill his word. So what his word speaks, he has an obligation to you to bring about in your life. So Ephesians 4 verse 1. Here's the first thing I want you to see today. It says, Lead a life, Ephesians 4 verse 1 is a, a, a pivotal scripture for our church, verses 1 to 7. But it says here in verse 1, Lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So you might have doubts about different things about you, about your life, about your experiences, about your weaknesses, about whatever. But what I want, to, want you to see today is a, a promise from God, an obligation God has to you that says, live a life worthy because you have been called. You've been called by God. I hope that awakens something in people today. I hope so. I believe so. I'm, I'm preaching so today. See, a life worthy is about dealing with the distractions dealing with the disappointments and the hope-deferred moments of life to refocus upon Jesus and what he's doing. Because Jesus is always doing something in you. If you will refocus and spend some time talking with Jesus in those hope-deferred moments. You know, I, I, I find it, Interesting, this is a sideline here. In Isaiah, it mentions three times in, in the book of Isaiah that I have called you by name. And I remember you know, discovering that and thinking, but God, I'm just an apprentice plumber. You couldn't have called me. What would you want with me? I, I make mistakes every day. I'm, 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 I'm quite, quite you know, unable of, of anything. 
But God was speaking to me. And I remember reading in, in Isaiah, this is why it's so important to acclimatize your spirit to the word of God. Because we're acclimatized to what the world is telling us. We're acclimatized to all the things that we think we should have got but didn't get. And we need to acclimatize ourselves to the things that God is saying, I have this for you. I want to give this to you. I want to bring your life into a new perspective, a new dimension, a new way of life that is in the supernatural spiritual realm that's got nothing to do with fantasy, but it is a reality of the spirit that changes us from the inside out. So lead a life worthy of your calling. It's about dealing with the distractions and disappointments. Anyway, three times in Isaiah, he says, I have called you by name. And I remember reading that and it became this one of those revelation moments and I, I started to put my name there. I have called you Roberto Santos Stefano. And I don't have a middle name because our family was too poor to afford one. So I said, we can't, we can't afford it. Just give, him two, just give him that name. Anyhow, it's enough of my, my disappointment there in life. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus gives you a promise to go with the call of God. He gives us a promise that goes with the call of God. And that is, here it is. Oh, these are awesome PowerPoints. Who made them? Say that again. Who made them? Oh, yeah. Creativity. <clears throat> but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, Jesus is saying, I have a promise with the call, and that is the, the Holy Spirit. I want to put the Holy Spirit within you. Let's not complicate what the call of God means today either. So we can come, oh, what's the call of God? I don't know. Maybe it's tied to this, tied to that. How do I, maybe I lost it. But the call of God simply means that wherever you go, you, rep you represent Jesus to the world. Wherever you are, whoever you meet, whatever you're doing, you represent Jesus to the world. That is the call of God. It's not whether I have an opportunity to be a preacher. It's not whether I get to do this or do that. It's representing Jesus wherever you are because you are called of God to be a witness. And to do that, he wants to infill you with power, the Holy Spirit power deep within you that comes out to answer all the questions. Have you ever been at that point where you're trying to talk to someone and, and you know, hey, I want to talk to them about God, but it's awkward and all that kind of stuff. And then sometimes you just say things you think, oh, I don't know what, whether that's going to help or not. And later on, they'll come back and say, remember that conversation we had and you said this and this? And you go, oh, I can't even remember. But then that was the Holy Spirit speaking through, through you to give them just what they needed to hear at that time. So whatever gift, talent, ability that we have, we just give that to God. Actually, we give it back to God. It was his in the first place. He put it there. He hid those things in you. We give it to God to minister to people. So we've got to see our lives and say, well, God, you, you gave me this life. You gave me my body. You gave me my mouth. You gave me the ability to paint pictures or write songs or do, do other things, make coffee. And you say, God, I'm going to give that to you and I'm going to be a minister of Jesus. That's the call of God. It's not so complicated. Just start doing something and you'll find that the, the, the greater call of God will begin to emerge in your life. It's exciting. 
So the Holy Spirit enables spiritual power in you to effectuate your purpose. You you know I didn't even know what that word means, but it sounds really good. (laughs) So everyone say, I hope so. Agree your confession with the promise of Jesus. So I hope so is a powerful is a powerful statement when it comes to your spiritual walk. You've got to have an I hope so attitude. And I I, I hope so perspective. And start to say, I hope so for the things of God. I hope so for what God's going to do in my life. I hope so for what God's going to do in my street. I hope so for what God's going to do where I work. I hope so for what God's going to do in my business. Have an I hope so attitude that can change everything. See, I want to give you a story of Paul's prophetic shipwreck. I love this story. It's just so much in it. Acts chapter 27 verse 10. It's, this is Paul speaking on this, on this ship. He says, men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. He's on a, he's on a journey from, from Jerusalem to Rome and they're tra- traveling by ship. But he says, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. There's shipwreck, loss of cargo and danger to our lives as well. Now, Paul's operating his prophetic gift, speaking to unbelievers who dismiss the word of God. It says, if you read on, that, 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 that he says this to the captain and, and the, the, the Roman officer. And he says, hey, guys, we're gonna, this is going to be a disaster here. But it says the captain and the, the, the owner, the, the Roman officer, listened to them more than what Paul said, more than the, prophe- the prophecy that he had. 27 verse 20 says that, that they end up in the storm. It says the terrible storm raged for many days blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Bad place to be. See, Paul is on board this ship in a terrifying storm when all hope was gone. Sometimes life can be like that. And we're thinking, it's just, this has gone on for too long. It's been too hard. It's been too disappointing. It just doesn't ever seem to get better. Seems to be getting worse. See, in the midst of life's shipwrecks around you, you be the prophetic voice in those storms of the Holy Spirit. Don't you be the shipwreck. Don't you be the storm. But we're in the storm and we need to have a prophetic voice that again, Jesus said, with your calling, I want to give you the Holy Spirit that will give you insight, will give you comfort, will give you strength, will give you wisdom to handle every, every storm and every potential shipwreck. Acts 27, verse 33 and 37, I'll tell you what happens next. It says, just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You've been worried, you've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. That's a heck of a storm. I think they were just following the storm. So verse 34 says, Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. And then he took some bread and gave thanks to God before them all. And he broke, it, uh, he broke off a piece and ate it. You know, what? Well, he, he's on this ship full of heathens, full of unbelievers, and he's saying, let's have communion right now. And, he, and he, as he's breaking the bread, he's, he's symbolically saying, hey, we're having communion, guys. I don't think it's an accident that says he, he broke the bread. 
in front of them all. So he's, he's in this place full of ungodly people, unbelievers, and he's, he starts to speak the word again, and he has communion with them. Is that amazing? That's, that's, uh, he's bringing his spirituality into their world, into their storm. So what happens next? Uh, verse 36. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board. That's just like, that is so out there, so amazing. So Paul was in the storm, but not of the storm. And that's who God is calling you to be. That's who Jesus wants you to be. We're in the storm. We're in this world. We're in this life. It is a storm happening out there. It has the potential to, to, to destroy lives, to kill people, to, to ruin everything. But God has put you like a Paul in the middle of all that. When all hope was gone, Paul had his heart set on Jesus. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he changed the atmosphere around him and God is calling you to be a Paul to your storm, to the storm around us. There's all kinds of storms that people go through. I'm not going to mention them, but there are storms of life that each one of us are in the middle of. We're riding the same storm, but we're not of the storm. We're of the Spirit. I want to encourage you today. We are in a great place. The greater the storm, the greater the move of God. The greater the storm, the greater the need to, to, to tell people about Jesus. The greater the need to have communion with your street. To be the one who, who, who changes the atmosphere around you. You can be like Paul and be a hope, a hope bringer when hope is gone. I want to be a part of a church like that. I want to be part of a people like that. Not... That, that can change a whole community, that can change a city, can change the Lower Air Peninsula, can change a state, can change the nation, can have our own TV show. <laughs> That's a joke. Oh, I didn't mean that part. Don't ignore that. Take. <laughs> can I have the musicians come and help me, please? <laughs> Quickly. Luke chapter 7, verses 11 and 12. I want to finish with one last story. It says, soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession, procession was coming out as he approached the village. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with him. Now I want us to imagine a moment, life from the widow, from her perspective. Her hope is deferred. Her hope is gone. Remember, she's a widow. Her husband's died many years ago, maybe. Now she's doing a hope deferred round two. She's broken hearted. No hope. She's, she's so hurt. She's so broken, so hurting. Hope deferred twice in her life. When suddenly Jesus comes along. When suddenly Jesus enters the, the, the situation. It says in, in verse 13 to 15. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. And I want to tell you today, if you're a person, you're thinking, I'm going through my own hope deferred seasons. The Lord sees. 
and his heart overflows with compassion. And he's speaking into you. Don't cry. Don't fret. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. What a great way to describe hope deferred turning to a tree of life. What a great way to illustrate what Jesus wants to do around us in the most desperate of hope deferred moments. See, deferred hope creates broken heart. Jesus operates in the heart if you call and pray and ask him. Psalm 51 verse 10. There's a prayer. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So whatever your hope deferred story may be today, Jesus is, is approaching the situation. And Jesus will turn your hope deferred into a tree of life when you put your trust and faith in Him. Sometimes it doesn't look like that right now. But every setback will be a setup for Jesus to do the amazing. And you say, well, I wouldn't have been here if I didn't have this happen. And I wouldn't have got to there if I didn't go through that. But through the storm, Jesus sets up your victory. And I want to just say again, we're riding the same storm. Paul rode the same storm as everyone else on that ship. So there's, you're, on the, you're in the same storm. You might think, hey, the storm doesn't affect me. Paul could have just said, no, well, I'm okay. If I drown, I go to heaven. But he recognized he had an obligation to those around him. So perhaps we could just close our eyes this morning. I'll have a question. Will you let Jesus into your hope deferred today? Maybe you haven't got a hope deferred right now, but you've got, you're living with some baggage from a hope deferred from your past let Jesus into those things let Jesus into your broken heart let Jesus into the disappointed areas of your life where you thought I hoped so but I didn't get I didn't see that I didn't get that so I want to pray for you first today I'm going to pray for some, some other things in a moment but I want to pray for you today if you're in a hope deferred situation right now let's be vulnerable no one's judging no one's going to ask you, what, what was that all about? But perhaps just raise your hand and say, will you pray for me today? I'm feeling that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's hands going up everywhere. I just pray, as, as, as I pray today, believe that Jesus is changing the situation. So, dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that was raised right across this place. Lord, we pray for a tree of life to grow where the hope deferred started. We pray right now we stand against the lies of the enemy. We stand against the mistruth, the mistruth of those hopes deferred. And we speak life, we speak a tree of life to grow in the place where it looked like it was barren. In the place that looked like it was unfair. In the place that looked like we missed out. And Lord, I just speak peace. I speak the Holy Spirit to begin uh, bringing clarity bringing life. Lord, may there be trees of life in every single person here today who has said, Lord, that's me. 
help me. Lord, I pray, help them today as only you can. Fill them with the Spirit. Revive the call of God again in their situation. We speak that over them in Jesus' name. Amen. See, another thing, maybe we could stand church together, please. See, the church is like Paul in that storm. We are in the storm as everyone else is. But we have the Holy Spirit who wants to prophesy through us into every moment, into every dark situation. And I want us to stand together today. I want to pray and ask Jesus, fill us anew. Fill us through the storm. I'm not of the storm. May we be people that bring a tree of life into the life storms around us. May we be people who say, I hope so in every disaster. That we say, I hope so that God is going to do something. I believe so. I'm going to prophesy so. Come on, if that's you today, then I want us to just to raise our hands as I pray and say, Jesus, I want to receive something of the Spirit here in this place. So dear Heavenly Father, we just pray right now, believing for the miracle to come. We pray over One Heart Church that it may be a place of anointing, a place of your power, a place of your breakthrough. So Father, we just pray wherever we go, Lord, that the storms are going to be there. But Lord, I pray that we have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I pray that we have the grace of Jesus upon our lives, that we can speak life, that we can encourage people into uh, a, a heavenly perspective, and that we can see people come to know Jesus through the storm, that we, like Paul, may have communion with unbelievers just saying hey guys this is what I believe in this is what I'm going to do and Lord it says everyone on board was encouraged so Lord I pray for schools I pray for hospitals I pray for 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 uh, you know factories and uh, fishing boats and wherever it is that people work that we will be the Jesus we will be the Paul in those situations bringing life bringing hope back and Lord I speak that over one heart church and it be a place of our hope so attitude people who speak life into the darkest corners in Jesus name amen and amen just take your hand uh, take your seats for a second I was going to say take your hands but they're already attached but I just want to take one more one more moment it's really important if you're here today and you've never had an opportunity to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior maybe it's your first time in church I, I, I really don't know but you're thinking, hey, I know there's something missing and I, I want to connect to God. See, the whole story about Easter, maybe you've heard the story of Easter, it's all about the way God sent Jesus to bridge the gap between heaven and earth because we couldn't make it ourselves. And Jesus paid the penalty. He took the price of our sin upon himself and carried that burden so that we could be free so that we can be right with God. So there's, our sin is our bad attitude. Our sin is our selfishness. Our sin is, is those things that, that are against the Spirit of God. And we all have them. It's anger. It's, it's whatever. Whatever thing you can think of. Don't think too badly. But today we have a prayer. It's pop up on the screen right now. And if that's you today and you're thinking, hey, I want to make things right with God. This prayer has, has, you know, I guess it's a first step. It's a first way of saying, God, I, I, if you're there, I, I want to bridge the gap. We're going to pray it together right now. And I just encourage you, if you've never prayed something like this, pray it 
mean it in your heart today. So, dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, I want to encourage you to come and see me after the service. Have a coffee, have a chat. We'd like to give you some resource to help you, but it is the best decision you'll ever make. That is the greatest, I hope so, declaration you've ever made to ask Jesus into your heart. God bless your church.